All right, Kelly Robinson, thank you, sir, and good morning, everybody. Welcome to our program. I'll be here for the next almost an hour to answer your lawn and garden questions on this uh, increasingly cold Saturday morning. This is going to be one of those weekends, one of those weekends we'll tell the grandkids about, or the grandkids may be around listening to or uh, enjoying it right along with us. They'll tell their grandkids about it. So there we go. Uh, we are here to talk about landscapes, lawns, gardens, what to do about this cold, anything that I can help you with, I'd like to have the chance to help. All you have to do, as Kelly mentioned, is uh, give us a call. That's the thing I didn't get done. I didn't put that card up. So, Jared, if you will, I'll put the phone number up. I don't know what I did with that laminated card that I used for that purpose. If you'll put that uh, number on my message board for me, I'll repeat the number and I'll copy it down. What did I do with that? Clean my desk this week. That's the problem. That's the entire problem. So, we'll... Oh, We'll uh, get the program underway in just a moment when Neil finds his uh, his phone number. I do three programs, and one of them has an 888 number, one has an 800 number. I'm forever more giving the wrong number, so I laminated the numbers some time ago. And what do I do with my laminated sheets? Jared is busy answering the phone or something. All right, I'll go to my website. That's what I will do. And I will find it there. I'll be... I'll be ready to roll. Um, let me know how I can help you. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, ways to uh, combat the cold and protect your plants against the cold, uh, and that will make it uh, fairly easy for us to get through. All right, our uh, phone number for the uh, Lawn and Garden Hour is 888-256-1080. Uh, I knew that. I was just testing you. 888 256-1080. Call right now, if you will, please. 888-256-1080. I've been doing this program 35 years now. You'd think I'd either remember those just uh, off the top of my head, have them ingrained on my memory, or have them tattooed on my wrist. Wouldn't you think? But no, no, that would be too logical. So, uh, anyway, with uh, very cold weather expected this weekend i have spent much of the last uh, several days trying to uh, figure out how i wanted to approach this how i wanted to uh, share the details of it with you and uh, help you get ready for the uh, for the cold and uh, i think uh, i think we're ready the uh, interesting thing uh, is that this cold coming in this weekend pales by comparison to what we faced three years ago uh, for many reasons one is uh, it uh, our plants have have become acclimated to cold a little better than those plants were then uh, for a very odd reason three years ago those plants had been through the winter and they were then ready uh, to grow in the springtime they had uh, they had started uh, swelling their buds and and uh, they thought spring was right around the corner it was late february mid to late february and uh, that was a very damaging cold spell, as you well know. I'm preaching to the choir on that one. Uh, right now, we are in the middle of the wintertime, and most of our plants were quite dormant and, and uh, had had some uh, exposure to fairly cold temperatures, uh, mas o menos. So that's going to help. This one is, uh, is going to stair-step down to the cold weather, and it also is 
not going to last very long, and that's a good thing. Duration is another very critical factor to the amount of damage cold spells can do. So those are things we need to consider. Um, and we'll talk more about this uh, cold spell. If you'd like to call me, give me a call right now for the Texas uh, Lawn and Garden Hour. Uh, 888-256-1080. I broadcast all across the state of Texas from Amarillo to Corpus Christi. How do you like that responsibility today? Oh, my goodness. It's going to be below zero considerably in Amarillo, and uh, they don't even know what that means in Corpus Christi. They know it's cold by their standards, but uh, below zero? Really? That happens in Texas? Yes, it does. And uh, uh, so I saw blizzard warnings for Amarillo on the Weather Channel a couple of days ago. So our state is quite diverse. And then we broadcast from Alpine in the uh, in the uh, Davis Mountains, Jesus Mountains area, uh, all the way east to the Piney Woods of Crockett, and a lot of cities in between. About 33 uh, stations carry this program, and so give me a call one last time, 888-256-1080, the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Jared Taylor is running the boards and answering the phones, and he'll be the one that you will uh, speak to first. He'll screen your call and then get you ready to go on the air with me. So we'll get the program underway in just a moment. The good news is I have left the price of my book at $34.95. That is uh, the list price of it that I put on the cover because I, the cost to me has not gone down. I've just decided I don't need to make the full measure. I'm splitting the, the, the deal with you. It uh, is listed at $38.95 on the jacket, and uh, that was just strictly due to the price increase in printing. I did not raise the, the amount that I needed to make uh, at all. And uh, I just, uh, that was the increase I had uh, from the fifth printing. Anyway, that gets into business stuff that is boring to you, I know. But I decided I, I would sell it for less, take less, and uh, would love to share that with you to get you ready for the springtime. Spring is, disregarding what we're looking at out the window today and tomorrow, spring is right around the corner. It's going to be time to plant your vegetable garden within just a week or two, if it isn't already in South Texas, and you need to have a good guidebook to get you started and to keep you on track all year long. I think my book is Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Now, you're not going to find it in stores or on Amazon. You will find it on my website at neilsperry.com. I'll spell that for you in a moment. And that's where you'll find the book with 11 chapters covering every aspect of outdoor gardening for every county in the great state of Texas. I've been doing uh, uh, this kind of garden broadcasting and garden writing for the whole state of Texas for more than 50 years. And I put all of that knowledge into this book. And so you have hired me for a whole year to write a book for you. And uh, I am asking back in return $34.95. It's a pretty good bargain. Uh, satisfaction is completely guaranteed. It has 344 pages. Uh, it is a hardback printed in Texas on high-quality paper. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas. The soil types of Texas, the rainfall areas of Texas, the climatic zones of Texas. And I'll tell you right now that I have uh, the newer uh, uh, USDA hardiness zone uh, from 2012. Uh, but I also, and there is one that just was published about two months ago, uh, but both of those are flawed. They are not accurate, I don't think, and I show you the 1990 map, and I think you will agree 
that uh, it's more accurate with your locale and the temperatures we're experiencing even this weekend. So that's in chapter one. Chapter two is a 48-page chapter. It's a calendar, a perpetual word calendar telling you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants that you're trying to grow. And then chapters three through 11 are specific details of what needs to be planted, pruned, fertilized, and sprayed in each of those months in every county of Texas. All that information and 840 of my photographs, more than 25 multi-page charts. Oh my goodness, there's a lot of information here. This will make you a successful gardener by the end of the spring, or I'll buy it back from you, no questions asked. Satisfaction, always guaranteed. Haven't had a request for a, a refund yet. So that's Niels Ferry's Lone Star Gardening. There are two ways you can buy it. You buy it from my website, or you call my office. Uh, the office number is 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769, and that's during weekday hours, business hours. The better way is to order it right now while you're thinking about it at my website, neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Let me tell you right now about the certification program of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. I am proud to represent the TNLA members who have gone to the trouble of becoming certified or master certified nursery professionals. These are men and women who have studied long hours and they've passed really difficult exams that show that they really know all the aspects of horticulture in Texas. These are the professionals who are in your neighborhood, who know the conditions in your town. These are the places you want to do your nursery shopping. They're member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. This program has been going for more than 40 years and there are thousands of these folks at uh, member nurseries of TNLA now. Look for the name badges, look for the emblems, the place you can get the best in nursery advice and the best nursery plants and products and services. Member Nurseries of the Texas Nursery and uh, Landscape Association, Texas Certified and Texas Master Certified Nursery Professionals. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. The sound that you hear shuffling behind me is uh, my laminated card found it it always happens when i clean my desk let's uh, start with our first call for today this is suzanne in snook suzanne how are you hello i'm fine thank you for taking my call today absolutely how can i help well i planted my onion bulbs about two weeks ago i have raised uh, garden boxes they're about oh 10 11 foot long by about four foot wide and so uh i was just wondering uh here in this area near college station i'm you're probably familiar with the place area uh, do i need to cover those uh with the temperatures getting down 15 maybe 17 degrees i've read that they can tolerate 20 degree lows but uh with it getting down to 15 and 17 what would you recommend you planted onion sets, the green green tops. Yes, uh, uh, yes, yeah. Uh, yeah I the would little cover bulbs. them. You would, okay, okay. Yeah, I'd cover uh, them. If you have, it's always a good idea to have frost cloth on hand. Do you have some? I do. I sure do. Uh huh. Yeah. 
I would put that I would put that over them. It never hurts. It always uh, it it can it can help. It never hurts, and I would I would certainly cover them. You ask if oh. I know Snook. When I was in A&M Consolidated High School, I didn't play basketball, but your uh-huh. your school that had I think if I'm remembering right, eleven male students beat us senseless every year <laughs> in basketball. <laughs> oh yes, we had a very good basketball team uh, back in the day. I. Uh, uh, don't have any grandchildren or anything here now. I don't. I don't think that they've made state for several years now. But yes, uh, they did. Yes, they, they've. Uh, yeah, uh, had some uh, good coaches and uh, good players, and so yeah, we're prized for that. So uh, in, anyway, in this day uh, and age, teams in this day and age, teams notoriously play down to get warmed up before the season starts. <laughs> As I recall, Snook played the Houston schools <laughs> oh, they to get warmed did. way up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. So. Oh, well, do you have any time for another question? Absolutely. Okay. Well, yes. I do have I do have uh, uh, ten uh, raised beds. My husband built those. They're all about about I would say eleven to twelve foot long by. Some of them are four foot wide and some are three foot wide. And uh, we bought a soil mix that's a mix of topsoil and mushroom compost. And everything has been doing really great out there except for the turnips. And it seems like the tops have gotten a little bit big and tall. But the, the roots, some of them are real long, almost like a carrot. And then some of them are round like the purple tops so i was just wondering if the soil was too hot or what that might be caused by okay i I will confess to start with that i am certainly not the turnip king of the world so uh, (laughs) my answer my answer i'm going to automatically give a a a d as in dog and i'm going (laughs) to have to prove that i deserve something better than that and i may not make it but i'm going to try uh, it's kind of like yeah. my calculus grades in in college. Um, uh-huh. The uh, the the it sounds to me like they've had either, and I know it wouldn't be shade, but that's what what happens in shade, and it's what happens when we have too much nitrogen on plants. Okay. They elongate, and and you get too much top growth and not enough root growth. Or okay. it could be variety. If if you know that the variety is correct, then it might revert back to too much nitrogen. Mushroom compost is, is to use your exact word, is hot. It has a lot okay. of mineral salts in it. And I think uh, A&M has, you could Google this and do a little research, but I believe A&M has discouraged using it very much uh, because of oh, that. Okay. It, it, gets, it puts a lot of mineral salts into the soil mix. And oh, so okay. I, I wouldn't use it. I wouldn't count on it as a primary source of organic matter. Okay. Do you know if that will kind of leach out over the years? I guess yes. we've had these about oh some of the beds a uh, couple years, and then uh, the other five about one year. So I didn't know. We didn't add any new soil to it. We just been adding some organic compost uh, to each. Yes, it bed should leach out as long as, as long as the. Or- Organic compost doesn't have more of it. It should leach out. That sounds like the uh, garden I prepared in Ohio before I knew better, before I'd had my soil science classes. 
I had okay. uh, I had access to horse manure out of a barn, and I did not wait uh -huh. long enough. That garden was oh. not my best garden. In fact, okay. it ranks as by far the worst garden I ever had. Okay. Well, we've used uh, rabbit manure in the past. Uh, some friends of ours had raised rabbits, and and that was a real good garden. Again, though, to just the produce, I mean, it just produced and produced. And, I mean, this, this past spring, my garden just produced really nice. It was just like in the fall, the the turnips didn't didn't do that well. But everything else, I mean, the cauliflower, broccoli, and getting Brussels sprouts and everything else. Good for is, you. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, what that yeah, says for I, you is you're not choosing this. You're not choosing necessarily the easiest crops. So good for you. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, right. yeah, I, I think I'd probably steer away from the mushroom compost or at least use okay. it in extreme moderation. And okay. as long as those other manure sources that you're using are well decomposed and not right out of the right out of the feed yard or whatever it happens to be, then I think you'll be OK. Yeah, yeah, they're bagged. It's like an organic, uh, just a compost Perfect. that we buy just like at Lowe's or something like that. And then, uh, yeah. do you know if, if there's a, uh, maybe your new book might have this information. I have the, one of your other, I don't know how many books you have, but I have the one that has a big, colorful cowboy boot on the front. One of your, right. uh, yeah, you know, fairy books. That's the original. That's the old one, yeah. Uh, do you know... Where I could find a, uh, like I'm interested in rotation too, like what I should plant after a certain plant. Like if I planted tomatoes in one of my box, what should I plant like afterwards? Uh, I mean, is it a, like, should I try to go with a light feed feeder plant? And then uh, I don't know how to, I, I know the plant families. I have, keep a chart and I that's, try to rotate That's exactly my where I was headed. That's exactly where I was headed. So you're light years ahead of most people. If you will stay away from plants out of the same family, generally uh, insect and disease problems, soil-borne problems will stay within a family. They don't always. There are a few things that, uh, that are omnivorous, so to say, but uh, most of them are rather specific. And so you might, a, a, an average gardener, an average, you're not average, an average gardener I might say, well, I've had tomatoes, I'll go in with potatoes. Well, there's a mistake there because they're in the same family. But if, right. you, went in with, uh, if you went in with carrots, that would be a root crop that, that would be good after tomatoes. Uh, so okay. if you know your families and can, can vary the families. If you, another thing you can do that will help a lot will be to vary uh, cool season crops with warm season crops. And uh, okay. because the, the problems that show up on on uh, on cool season crops are going to be pretty different from the ones in the in the warm season crops. But okay, uh, so the it's basically is a, a real deal. OK, so it's basically just by family. I don't have to I get you just kind of explain about the cool crops and then your spring crops, something like that. Like, well, uh, would yeah, it be that's, OK? That's. that's that's weather season. It doesn't necessarily mean spring because you, you can also turn around and plant them in the fall. But, but yes, it's, it's uh, whether they prefer warm weather or cool weather, whether they are root crops or, or above ground crops and whether they're in the same family or not. Any, okay. any similarity red flags them. Any, okay. Any relationship red flags them. Yeah, hey, better run, okay. but I really appreciate your call. Save a kolache. Okay. 
Okay. All right. All right. Take I care. will. Thank you. Okay. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Snook is a fun town, fun place. I learned to drive going through a area with my mom. I, th- I think I was 13. I think you could get your driver's license when you were 1,400 years ago. Had to crank the car, you know, to start it. No, it wasn't that far back. Let me tell you about Fertilome right now. We're going to talk about Fertilome High Yield. And, and those, are, those are partnering companies out of the VPG group, Voluntary Purchasing Group. This is a, I'm going to explain that a little bit. They're based out of Paris, Texas. And it is a, um, it's an affiliation of independent businesses. And uh, they, they go together to form this uh, organization. And, and they work together as a team. Uh, not get too far into that. But we're talking about high yield uh, uh, ornamental weed and grass stopper containing dimension. This is my first mention of dimension for this year. And this is a, a pre-emergent weed control. Unless you're in deep South Texas, you would not be applying it yet. But kind of want to tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, hey, remember, pre-emergent time is coming up in about five, six weeks, depending on where you are. And here's the one you want. It's a granular product that provides pre-emergent control of crabgrass and suppression of many other grassy and broadleafed weeds when applied prior to germination. So uh, grass bursts, things of that sort. High yield turf and ornamental weed and grass stopper is ideal for use in your lawn and ornamental beds because it will not harm established turf, trees, shrubs, and other desirable plants. It controls crabgrass, uh, seedlings of Dallas grass, not the established uh, Dallas grass, grass burrs, oxalis, purslane, and others. That's not like Hall of Fame list. Applied every 90 to 120 days for year round control. One of the greatest things about the makers of Fertilome and high-yield products is that they are dedicated to supporting, here you go, local independent retailers. So that's an independent feed store, an independent retail garden center, an independent hardware store. And there are those. They're not the big national chain stores, but they're independent uh, uh, hardware stores locally. All of their products, including high-yield turf and ornamental weed and grass stopper, can only be found in independently-owned garden centers, hardware stores, and feed stores. To find your closest dealer, go to Fertilone.com and click on Find a Dealer. Fertilone.com, high-yield turf and ornamental weed and grass stopper. Containing dimension. I'll be back with more after these messages. Thank you, Kelly, very much. Um, if you would like to call 888-256-1080, I'll be happy to visit with you about uh, any plants you have, uh, about which you're concerned uh, with the upcoming uh, cold uh, this uh, weekend. Uh, I also have some general tips that I'm going to give you now, but 888-256-1080. We talked about the frost cloth. That is a product that you can buy in the same places I just mentioned a few moments ago independent retail garden centers, hardware stores, and nurseries. Probably the national chain stores will have it uh, as well. Uh, The word has gotten out that this is a very good product to have on stock. These are lightweight uh, materials. Uh, Some of them are gauze-like. Some of them are a little more plasticized, but they are not polyethylene plastic. You do not want that. You don't want anything that traps condensation beneath it. Uh, You can put them down at any time. Uh, several days ahead of a hard freeze. 
uh, or in the late spring or in the spring when things are budding out or tomatoes are growing or something you want to protect them from a late frost put them down over the plants to protect against frost not not hard freezes and they will give you seven or eight or ten degrees worth of temperature uh, protection they allow the sun's warming rays to come in and warm the soil and then at night they release that warmth back up around the uh, the plants and they trap it within the, the canopy of the of the frost cloth uh, they are porous so they do allow water to come in um, if you're going to put them down over flowers or something that's, that is rather would be matted down if a heavy weight came on it you might want to have some kind of a hoop or something to to keep that heavy weight from uh, uh, pushing down on it um, but be careful it doesn't poke a hole through your frost cloth. Frost cloth can be used for years. We've had pieces that we use for as long as many as four or five times. I have some some plants in my landscape. They're cast iron plant, Aspidistra, that does, has no business being planted in the rural areas around Dallas-Fort Worth. I, I kid myself every time I tell this story because I got 250 of them. They're expensive. And it was a nursery that was going out of business and owed me some money and I looked at the inventory they had that's the only thing I could see that I had any modest interest in getting. I mean, it was just junk otherwise. It was silver maple trees and, and uh, you know, I don't know what it was, but things of that caliber, and I didn't want any of it. But there were the aspidistras sitting there, so I'll take those. And they were they were happy to do it, and, and so I just brought them all home. Well, that was 25 years ago, and first year they froze to the ground and came back, but they come back glacially, very slowly. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to have to cover these. And every winter, almost, uh, when there's a cold spell coming in, up comes the frost cloth. And it is 100% protection. Even three years ago in that mega freeze, not a bit of damage. Uh, I left the frost cloth on one year from uh, before Christmas until the first week of March. No problem. Uh, because light gets in water can get in. I can also stick a hose under it and let it let it run and, and water them if I feel I have to. So those are all uh, uh, considerations. I have it cut and measured and I know which bed is to be covered with that piece and it's marked and put in a plastic trash bag and then a tag is put on the outside of the trash bag so it never gets thrown away as trash and they're carefully stored in the garage until time of need. It takes less time. They have to be weighted down along the edge of the frost cloth to keep the wind from blowing them up. You have to have that, that uh, airtight tent. Uh, make sure that your hoses are disconnected from faucets, uh, even frost-proof faucets in the northern half of the state especially, where it's going to be really cold. Even frost-proof faucets, try that one fast, uh, will... Um, uh, will freeze in the wall and you'll have damage. Uh, ask me how I know. Um, make sure that all end of hose sprinklers are taken off the hoses and put in the garage where they won't freeze. Drain them so that they don't have water in them. Um, if you have a sprinkler system, automatic system, make sure it's turned to the off position. It doesn't need to run while it's freezing. Um, if you if you have plants that now this is for the southern half of the state or two-thirds of the state if you have plants that are for any reason dry water them now you have several hours to get the watering done before it turns really cold 
sooner rather than later because they need some time to take that water up. So if you can get it out during the noon hour, that'd be great. This is going to play really well as a podcast <laughs> two days after the fact. But, you know, information is always good. It's just late. Um, the third, uh, third or fourth thing I wanted to mention on, on watering is uh, if you have plants that are in containers uh, up above ground in, in patio pots, if you can move them into the garage, that's a good idea. If you can't, then wrap them or do something to help them make sure they're watered. You lose about 20 degrees worth of winter hardiness when you have plants up above ground and the root balls freeze. And so leaving them exposed like that, you're more likely to lose things. So anyway, that's those are some thoughts that I had. Let me uh, take a break. If you'd like to call, I'd love to hear from you. 888 Let's do that one more slowly. 888-256-1080, the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Let me tell you about my book once again. All of that information I just gave you is in the book. It's in the book uh, in a way of uh, how to protect your plants if there's bad weather ahead, cold weather. And uh, that information hasn't changed as far as what I give out uh, in all of my career. Uh, the frost cloth information has uh, has certainly changed, and, and that's in this book. And the USDA hardiness zone map is really, really ultra important. And it's hard to find that 1990 map anymore, but I put it in this book along with the new map, the map from 2012. There now is a 23 map that came out in November. And I'm sorry, they missed the boat again. They have taken the average of the last 30 years, it says. I'm about to do a newspaper column on this topic because they've used more recent figures. You know how warm it was in the first 10 or 12 years of this century, and that skewed their numbers. And they have me off by about 15 degrees of how cold I can expect it to get. It has been 15 degrees colder than that three times in the last six years at my house. And that's true in a lot of places in, in Texas that I've contacted, people I've contacted. So you can't use these new hardiness maps accurately. You need to buy plants based on the 1990 map for your, uh, for your plantings this spring. That's in this book, plus that long calendar of when to do everything. People tell me that one alone pays for this book. Book's $34.95, which is a paltry amount anymore, especially for a hardback printed on high-quality paper. And uh, with 840 photographs and 344 pages, that's a that's a really good book at at half at half again as much fifty five dollars. It's thirty four ninety five. I sign every copy as it sells. Uh, chapter that's uh, chapters one and two. Chapter three is comprehensive on trees and then shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns fruit and vegetables. And as I wrote the book, I thought specifically about South Texas, East Texas, West Texas, the Panhandle, Central Texas. Is this going to be accurate for each of those areas? So it's written for the entire state. Here are the ways that you can get the book. You get a signed copy um, and the book is not in stores. It's not on Amazon. It's sitting right now Many hundreds of copies are in storage, and many other hundreds of copies are in my garage waiting to be signed. And uh, your satisfaction is completely guaranteed or a full refund, no questions asked. 85,000 copies sold. No one has asked for a refund. You can call my office Monday through Friday. We will be open this Monday. 800 
800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. Now that's, uh, that's the way you can call. The better way, though, is to order it right now at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, let's go to Ben in Brenham. Our next call up, Ben, this is Neil. Thanks for calling. How can I help you? Uh, yes, uh, we have cauliflower in the garden, and they're about softball size, and they're starting to get brown soft spots on them. What is that from? That's in the heads? Yes. Yeah, that's those are. it sounds like they're aging, Ben. Sounds like they probably should have been harvested before. Um, oh, okay. I know they're not as big as you wanted them, but I, uh, it's it's a little late in the season, and probably when did you plant the plants? Uh, I, my son did it. I don't remember when it was. Um, they need to go in in late August, the first of September, in in Brenham. This is in Brenham. Uh, yes. Uh, need need to go in about that time and. They need to be harvested uh, earlier in the fall, or late fall, and you really want to push them along as they grow in, in uh, late September, October, November uh, with a good bit of nitrogen. I would use a, a water soluble or a liquid nitrogen fertilizer and uh, keep them really well watered. We had a hot fall and that's not what cauliflower likes. Um, and that way the heads will get bigger, the leaves will be more vigorous, plants will be more robust, and then your heads will come along at the right time and be of the right size. It sounds to me like uh, people were expecting the heads to be of a certain size and they kept waiting for them to grow and waited too long for the harvest. That would be my guess. Okay. And what about uh, cabbage? Uh, is it uh, best to cover them up? What, next week or not? Cabbage best to do next week? I mean, cover them up for the trees or not? Oh, cover them. These are young cabbage transplants? Uh, no, they're, they're uh, about softball size. Uh, oh, yeah. Already. You'll want to cover. Yes, frost cloth over the tops of those. Uh, if they are softball size, it may be the same kind of deal on your, as your uh, cauliflower. Cabbage ought to be out even faster than the cauliflower in the fall. Okay. And yeah. so it's very possible that, that you might be better off harvesting that. Uh, if you have yeah, several they, heads, you could harvest you could ha harvest one and see if it's if it's ready to go. Uh, it might okay. be better to be in the kitchen than out, outside in the cold. But otherwise, okay. yes, okay. you'll want to cover those. Yeah. Yes. Hey, I appreciate your call. Thank you, Ben. Have a great okay. day. You too. Thank you. Let me you. tell you about Neil Sperry's eGardens. E I, I sent out eGardens Thursday night, this past Thursday. You can go to my website, neilsperry.com, and you can see the one that we sent out day before yesterday. The notes that I had this morning here to, to work with you uh, on the cold uh, preparation and such were in eGardens the exact notes. I didn't read anything to you today, but great detail. There's a lot I didn't get around to. If you want to see it, go to neilsperry.com and then click on the eGardens tab and scroll down to the story that talks about uh, cold weather on the horizon. 
you will see all the information I gave you to get you ready for the cold weather. And that came out Thursday night. That's how I use eGardens. Uh, had it had it come out, uh, had, had the weather come through two days earlier, we would have sent out a special eGardens. And so, uh, thank, Ben, if you're still there, I'm, 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 I'm finished. I really appreciate your call. But anyway, that's, that's what eGardens is. And so, folks, if you want to sign up for it, it is free and always will be. But you need to sign up at neilsperry.com and uh, join the other 80,000 people who get eGardens each week. And uh, so take a look at it at neilsperry.com. It's uh, click on that eGardens tab. Let me also tell you about the Texas Certified Nurseryman, uh, nurse, Nursery Professional Training Program. If you will, uh, if you will go to uh, uh, your independent retail garden center, the odds are quite good that you will find a certified nursery professional or master certified nursery professional there. These are men and women who have studied long hours. They have. Uh, passed a very comprehensive exam that proves that they know what they're talking about. They are the best trained nursery employees in the state, in America for that matter. This program has been in existence for 40 years now, and there are thousands of these folks in the state. The best plants, the best products, and the best service. You'll find that at member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association, and that's where you'll find Texas Certified and Texas Master Certified Nursery Professionals. I'll be back with more after this message. Thank you, Kelly, very much. So let's go to Jennifer in College Station. Jennifer, this is Neil. Good morning. Hi, Neil. Um, so Hi. I have a, a, a question about uh, my St. Augustine grass has not been mowed since probably October or November. Um, I, I'm the one who called last week, and I thought I had a dumb question, so I hung up, but I'm asking it anyway. Um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> so it, it was mowed kind of like in circles, so it's kind of uneven. You can still see the circles. And then also, I haven't raked the leaves, and so I'm wondering, should I just have it mowed now and just leave the leaves on there? Um, or I should I rake them mowed. and have it mowed? Yeah, I would have it mowed uh, after this freeze. Uh, chances are it's going to turn brown. It's going to be cold enough to turn the blade brown. Don't be surprised. That won't uh, mm -hmm. impact it at all come springtime, but I would mow it to tidy it up. Uh, it sounds to me like they had a wheel that was uh, not set properly, had one wheel that was lower than the other, or if they were using a, a bagger, they had the bag uh, too full if it was a side bag, uh, and that was pulling it off to one side. Uh, it's one of those um, stand-up hours and they, they, they just okay. kind of go in circles so I got you uh, I got you yeah well yeah they need to mow and I would I would not leave tree leaves on the on the lawn the rest of the winter that's just not a good good okay. plan they, they don't look good they trap moisture which can in, in turn cause disease problems and it's better to keep the lawn tidy so I would okay. I would do that but I would there's no they're not going to come out and mow today and so, no, therefore, no. <laughs> my uh, my suggestion is wasted air, but I would have them mow it next week sometime after all this passes. Okay. Thank you very much. You'll be amazed at how nice it'll look once they get it mowed. Do not have them scalp yeah. it, however. Just have them mow it at the regular height. Yeah, just trim it a little bit. Yeah, it's it's looking a little yeah. rough. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. It's like, it's like a, a guy who is about a week and a half behind his haircut appointment. Yes, <laughs> so exactly. Anyway. <laughs> All right. 
Have a great day in my hometown. And no question is ever dumb. Don't worry about it. You call anytime. Thanks for the call. All right, folks, I hope your plants all make it through very, very well. Uh, cover the ones that you know are subject to freeze damage. If you have pots that you can get into the garage, take them in tonight uh, and leave them there for about three nights. Uh, if, you have, uh, if you have pansies, cover those. Do not cover them with plastic. Plastic does more damage than it helps. Uh, cover them with old sheets. Best of all, best of all, cover them with frost cloth, a horticultural product made for that purpose. Um, and uh, disconnect all your hoses, like I said, and have a great week. Until next week, thanks for listening and happy gardening.